0: Hello, everyone. This is Abby Carreri, Connexon Senior Vice President of Marketing, Sales, and Account Management. Welcome to a special edition of Co-Ops Connect. We recently hosted our industry-leading electric cooperative workshop in person for the first time in two years. In sunny Tampa, Florida, where we welcomed 150 electric co-op broadband trailblazers. It was great to see everyone take advantage of the opportunity to network, share best practices, and talk about their projects. We caught up with some of the co-op's leaders and will feature their stories over the next few episodes of Co-Ops Connect. Please tune in. Hello everyone, live here again in Tampa with Patrick Grace. OEC Fiber is one of the country's most well-known success stories of electric cooperatives building fiber networks across the country. Look back two years ago, did you think you'd be where you are?
1: Oh goodness, when we launched, it was really, really tough to see into the the future. So I, I would say that we, you know, on paper it showed we could do this, but... I never really had any idea what that would mean in practice.
0: Well, so we're here today, and on the way into the interview here today, we were just talking about, wow, did you see that room? You were actually one of our very first panelists at at a very small workshop that we hosted in Kansas City a few years back. Can you talk to us about that and how Co-Ops Connect has evolved since inception?
1: It's unbelievable to see. When I walked into the room, I don't know what I was expecting, but every time that I've been on a panel, it seems like just the room has gotten bigger from that Kansas City one to Austin to tech advantage to now that uh, it's just it's just incredible to see the growth that on has all the co-ops that are engaged and involved and you know going back to that the discussion in Kansas City just truly how far we've come Connexon's come the co-ops have come in providing this service.
0: Well, back then you all were just kind of getting ramped up at our first conference there. You know that little intimate conference we had in Kansas City, but pre-COVID we hosted one in Austin where you actually participated on the 10K panel at that time, there were only a few other cooperatives in the country that had reached over 10,000 subscribers. Today, you have reached over 20,000 subscribers, so that milestone in just over a little over a year has more than doubled, and you'll be participating on the 20K panel today. Can you kind of talk about your journey from then a couple of years back and then how you've gotten to be so successful and where you all are today, and what you can teach those today who are listening in?
1: You know, we started off with a pace, and, you know, the pace was really set by... Randy set and uh, Randy Clint with on set in the expectation of what was possible to hook up and we didn't really know any better so we just launched and it got us to 10,000 at that point where I think we'll pass 25,000 next month and it doesn't really show any signs of stopping you know and it takes a lot to to go at that pace and and we saw you know COVID certainly kept the pressure on and as we're about to come to the end of our passing all of our members we still have opportunities off system so we can probably get as many subscribers as we want to go pay for the lessons the focus has always been getting the members hooked up and the as fast as possible. And so we've just tried to, to do that. So if you look at our 60,000 meters that we had, we had, we've got about 25 to 30,000 that were ready for service that we had to go, you know, somebody's got to be first, somebody's got to be last. But our commitment was to do that as fast as possible. And then COVID hit and then as fast as possible turned into a true need. I mean, I thought that they needed broadband and they thought they needed broadband, but then COVID changed everything. And so now we're on the, the heels of that. The world has, has changed in a lot always probably permanently for good. And so we're still pushing on.
0: Well, there's no doubt that you all are on a speedy path and have been since the beginning, hence probably why you appointed your fiber broadband president subsidiary with the last name Goodspeed to follow. Well, being one of the cooperatives like leading the way in the country can you talk about what some things that you still learn from attending these events for co-ops connect
1: oh i'm so excited to be here the one thing we've missed in this last 18 months is to compare notes with the other co-ops you know when you know you mentioned the, the size of that meeting in kansas city there was a lot of experience that came before us you know pioneers even in the state of oklahoma with northeast and, and lake region we learned so much from them and then and then as we launch people have you know we on their shoulders, they have stood on our shoulders, but there's so many doing it. And so it's such a pervasive project throughout all the co-ops. There's, you come here and you learn to see what other people are doing and you get in your own little world at your co-op and you think what you're doing is what you need to be doing and the only way to do it. And then you get here and you, you see what the other people are doing. And there's really, really smart people in, in the co-op world as and especially as broadband have brought new talent in. And so it's really, it's kind of humbling because you come here and you're like, man, that is a really good idea. We've never thought of that and that we should try to incorporate that so the benefits i mean you almost get more out of in between the sessions although with few exceptions the the panelists are all up there talking about their experiences and it's just a great learning opportunity and all of us have launched and we've all had great things we've all made mistakes you can talk about those mistakes try to help people that uh, aren't as far along stay away from those potholes but then then there's also people that are doing really amazing amazing things that we can still learn from and we will continue to learn from
0: And you're right, the networking component here at the shows is huge, and hence why the next day we've decided to kind of bring it in, right? Take it from the panels to roundtable discussions with your fellow peers who are building networks today so you can share best practices. So can you tell us about how you're kind of excited about the different dynamic of day two and and what you look to learn, or which sessions you're you're the most interested in?
1: Well, obviously I'm very interested in the marketing session with uh, Kayla Wade, our creative director for OEC Fiber. She's amazing and so really excited to see her showcased uh, she's a huge part of our success and one thing the co-ops have not at least this our co-op never really did particularly in any great fashion was market, sales and marketing so that was something new and so excited to see that uh, but just the continuation of what I was talking about before the all the experience and just trying to soak in as much because in the, the panels, you know, there's four or five panelists, and those will go pretty quick, and you hear little tidbits, and that's when you follow up later on and, and learn more. And, and so, going into tomorrow, just continuation of the same, it's just trying to learn from others. And I'm sure we'll answer a lot of questions because, you know, we've been through the journey that some people are about to go on, and so happy to do that. But, but it, it's a two way street for sure.
0: Well, there's no doubt marketing is near and dear to my heart, so that is definitely the one I'm excited about. And you have seriously put together a rock star team, so I can't wait to listen to Kayla and and even learn some things as well. You know, you also have some of your other fellow Oklahoma cooperatives here at the conference, too. Let's talk about statewide activities in Oklahoma and how you've seen the collaboration change over the years since you've launched Broadband.
1: Not a big surprise. One of our strengths as cooperatives is that we work together, you see, in these type of conferences. Are great. I don't know if other industries typically do that as well as we do. And so, obviously, nationally, what uh, these conferences provide is great, but on a state-by-state basis, there's a lot that we can learn. We've already learned a lot. Obviously, if you're going to go visit a co-op, you want to get as close as possible. So our statewide efforts have begun to be organized. Much as we, you know, the co-ops, we have our statewide organization, um, OAC, and then our national with NRECA. So all that's getting replicated because it it, it happens organically, and, and all of a sudden, we look up and we're meeting once a month, and we're talking about ways we can share services, share experiences, and you really become really tough with those folks because you're in the same business and in the trenches. And so we've got together at a statewide level and organized an additional lobbying effort at the state level. Jonathan just talked about a lot of state money coming in that's created a lot of political action. And so we'll have to be at the table and, and make our voice heard in and above what's our lobbying efforts we already doing. And then just shared services Anything we can do to to help each other come together. At the end of the day, we're still small organizations. You know, you look at the big ISPs, they're a big, big. So we have to counter that by all working together. And that starts at the state level and it starts at a conference like this.
0: And you know, that follows actually into my next question. Your broadband coalition is following the state funding that's coming up, the ARP money and the infrastructure bill money that's coming around the corner as well. Can you tell us about the strategies that you all are working together to put in place to secure that funding for your projects?
1: Yeah, so right now we're just still trying to navigate the system. So, we're, the money comes to the state and I think every state's doing it a little differently, which is good and bad and uh, the downside to that is there's no national expertise, there's no expert that knows how to navigate these systems cuz every state is doing it differently and every state's starting from scratch. At least Oklahoma is. You know, I was appointed to the Oklahoma Rural Broadband Expansion Council that was formed by the legislature a couple of years ago. So, I've been heavily involved in that trying to and that's going to be a working group that helps kind of set the the stage of this, but Mainly it's about telling our story, just going in and putting the co-ops at the best foot forward that we are, and I'm biased, but in my opinion, the solution to rural broadband and the rural broadband digital gap because we're already there, we're invested, we have the right business model, we can focus more on the service and providing that to our members than the profitability, which is, for-profit companies are, are, are great, I built our country, but there are some areas where that model doesn't work really well. And so with these dollars coming into the state, we're going to submit it, we're going to be at the front of the line. We have enough co-ops now in Oklahoma doing it that I think we've gotten attention. They, they know that, that we are a good place to, to put that money. And so we just have to continue to tell that story and go through the process and learn along the way. It's like I said, it's brand new. So our cooperative broadband coalition there in Oklahoma, we're meeting and preparing notes and trying to decide how to submit these applications. And, and once we get further into it, we'll learn. I mean, we'll learn along the way and eventually we'll, we'll get it figured out.
0: So for those co-ops that didn't get to attend the meetings this week, is there any best practices or anything that you could share with the listeners?
1: The main thing I talk about is people, getting the right people. I talked about Kayla earlier, and and you mentioned David There's no difference. You know, fiber's fiber, and the technology is out there. The Really what separates, can separate, and what has separated us is just trying to get the good talent, good people. And Randy told me this early on, and, and we really stuck to it, is that don't be afraid to hire. Don't be afraid to hire early. So we've made sure that it, we've staffed up and tried to get the absolute best people we could get. And there's been a lot of challenge in knowing whether we needed them or not. But our, role, our thought was that if you get good people, they'll become valuable. Valuable, even if it doesn't seem like that they're needed now, or you worried that they're needed now and they may not be needed five years from now. We we don't have any idea how this goes in the future. But that's the main thing: is just get good people. It's that's our difference. That you know, you go into that room, and that room is made up of a lot of great, talented individuals from co-ops, and that's really our difference. And I think that's our, our really our competitive advantage.
0: And if my memory serves me right, this is your fourth Co-ops Connect conference that you've been to and participated as a panelist. On one of yours, it was I think one of your first ones, you sat on the feasibility panel and then the next one was a design panel, design and architecture panel. And then you were on the 10K panel, obviously, and now you're on the 20K panel. You know, some feedback. I do remember early on you speaking about your feasibility study and following the business plan. So for the listeners here who aren't able to participate in this, can you talk a little bit about one of your first early on panel discussions about your model and your plan and following that and your take rates?
1: Yeah, the, the feasibility study, we, they just actually had a, a different panel with some people that have gone through the recent. Feasibility studies. You know, we did several feasibility studies. You know, back then, like I said, we, it was—I don't know that it'd be capable of doing that today. But I asked Randy to run probably 20 different feasibility studies and all these different options just to try to get my head around the different routes it could go. But at the end of the day, it was uh, the feasibility study that Conexon has the best feasibility study. I, I love their approach. I love the way they they tie in the the national FCC data with the, the co-op data and really really build a really robust feasibility study. And he just mentioned it, but. We we've outperformed it at every step of the way, so what what looked like an aggressive study turned out to be a conservative study, and he told us that, and other co-ops told us that, but it's tough to, to look at that and say that you know, here's the number, but you will outperform that, and, and we have, and so it's been great to look back at, you know, we took a different approach than the study. The study called out for a six-year, six-phase build-out, and we basically did it in three, so we doubled it, and so that threw the study off quite a bit because, as I said before, we had tremendous pressure to get to all of our members, COVID ramped that up even more. So we're kind of going in uncharted territory just because we had to. And so as we're coming out of the end of what the feasibility study, it did the system to get to our members, which is what we're about done. But we have all this off-system build that opportunities that we had no idea there was that much out there. But now that we're, we're in it, have a lot of momentum, we're seeing a whole lot of local talk about us serving people outside of our system. So now we have to try to figure out how to navigate that. And that's a, that's a philosophical question. And then we're talking to the board about that. So it's been a wild ride. The, obviously, the, the feasibility studies we've come back to several times, and they've been, it's been amazing how well it hit along the way, even with uh, the way we've adjusted our execution.
0: Yeah, and you speak about building outside of your territory. I think we have a few cooperatives here today that have built significantly outside of their territory, so that'll be good something to dive into tomorrow and talk about. For the listeners who don't know, we know you're well over 20,000 subscribers. What are your take rates looking like across your system?
1: Our take rates set about 38 to 40% overall. What is interesting, we just dove into this, is that we've been aggressively building and aggressively opening new zones and having new subscribers, but our take rate, we're finally getting to our two-year mark with a lot of zones because we started offering service in 2019. And Randy always preached that the take rates are a two-year mark, so you can't just go by 90 days or 108 days, so just wait. And our we're sitting at anything... Any passing we had in 2019 is sitting at about a 57% take rate. And I was talking to David Gervin, who now is with them Connects on Connect, and he's someone that at United, they did a lot of off-system, and he did it for 10 years, so I went back to the learning opportunity. I quartered him last night, and I don't know where that ends. I don't know what the ceiling is for those take rates. So obviously the 2020 is at about that 40%, and the 2021 is fairly new. So I have no idea what that ceiling is. But the take rates are phenomenal, almost scary, but they are well Well above the overall 35%. We're seeing that when that two-year mark, people are still rolling in. Uh, We had this year, um, or I guess uh, this last month, we had 20% of our new subscribers, brand new subscribers, came from Zones Open in 2019. And that is amazing. So that's a testament to the marketing, testament to the product, testament to word of mouth, testament to the fact that people are interested. And also a testament to how hard it is to get people's attention, because I think we have the best internet in the world. And we're offering it, and it just takes time. And there's contracts and all that stuff too. But it's a phenomenal success so far. And now we're just trying to decide how how big do we want to be. One of my our fiber controller says we can close our eyes and decide what fiber wants to be when it grows up.
0: That raises another great point in what you just said. Going back to us being here and being able to dive in to Kayla's session tomorrow. I mean, your marketing team doing a phenomenal job increasing your take rates 20% and on some go back campaigns and stuff that they're doing in zones that you open early on and you know your sales group so it'll be great to learn all of those best practices you all did to really go in and boost those take rates over time and customer acquisition
1: you know back to some advice the thing that i've tried to do on this whole project is i wanted to be in the center lane of whatever was industry standard because it was new Uh, i didn't feel like we were smart enough to get too cute or say this is you know reinvent the wheel or we wanted we wanted to you know and the co-op we've done that several times to say ah, that's what everybody else is doing we're going to do it just a little bit differently this one i wanted to just be what and, and i look at in the the big uh, isps they're doing they were doing strand and lash and so i said well i don't see why why we would know any better having never done anything and when you have on who has done it saying that's the the right method and it's worked great for us and you know when you have that take rate that you know that it's almost doubled what you planned for you have to go back and add fiber sometime and you just strand and you just overlash right over it and so it really sets you up for success i know my construction folks would would be very passionate about how how well it's worked uh, the architectures worked great so i don't know how the other one would work or whatever but it's been deployed it, the cost is very right in line with what was in the feasibility study and it's uh, providing a, a true gig experience to every one of our members that, that take it. They have no complaints and, and can't understand how it could be better.
0: You know, one last question for you on having gone this far and having this many members connected to your fiber internet services, do you have any stories that you'd like to share, just like one that comes to mind that's really impactful and goes to show why you all are working hard day in and day out, building as fast as you can to your members?
1: There's several, actually early on, you know, when you start building and it it takes six, nine months to build before you start hooking, hooking people up and you hook up friendlies. And it wasn't until we really started opening these zones that you really got the payoff, which was the members coming and the emotion and you feel that you're changing people's lives and that ramped up during covid some of those memorable ones are the ones that we just couldn't we weren't there yet covid hit we were halfway through with our build which i'm thankful we were halfway through but i wish we were all the way through because there are people literally that if they could not work from home they could not work and that was really, really tough. And we tried to go fast and pivot where we could, but, but it, was, it was just tough. And everyone heard the stories about parents driving to Kids McDonald's to get online and do homework and, all, and, and that. And we've seen all of that. But it was really those times where we had people sign up. And it's like this really is what I need right now, and the, when the world's kind of on fire, and that's something that is is great. And and there's individual stories, and there's cities that that we really think are going to take off in economic development. But it's really the the personal individual people that have reached out that remind you why you have all the sleepless nights and and the, the stress and headaches and the and it's it's a wild ride, but it's very 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 well worth worth it.
0: It still blows my mind. Over twenty thousand. 000- Connections in just two years. That's a super speedy path. So, how many are you connecting on a, a weekly or monthly basis we, as you're moving forward?
1: Yeah, we slowed down a little bit. I think we'll, we may pick back up, but we, we connect anywhere between six and 800 a month. And that almost feels routine. Uh, you know, we went from 1,000 to 1,100 a month during COVID because it just just was going crazy and we backed off that a little bit we may pick that back up as we transition into next year and that feels like a, when you go super fast and come back down that feels like a, a pretty manageable pace but on the flip side and the electric side connects about a 1500 a year and so and we and that's a really good growth rate for us and so to to do almost uh, that in every two months on the the broadband side is still wild but the the partners we have the systems we have in place it all kind of runs we never really even think about it can almost do that in our sleep, at least for me, the machine has gotten up to speed and it's very, very solid at that level.
0: So for all you listeners out there, today I'm sitting in front of live here in Tampa with one of the most successful CEO co-op fiber deployments in the country. You're definitely going to have to come out and join us next time. I'm sure Patrick will come back again. This is his fourth one, and I'm sure he'll be out to share his stories and best practices for those interested in getting into broadband in the future. So we really appreciate your time, and thank you for being here today.
1: Excited. We're back in person.
0: Thanks again. Thank you for listening. Co-Ops Connect is brought to you by Connexon, the industry leader in rural fiber network design and construction management. We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions and topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Please email us marketing at connexon.us with your suggestions or for more information on how we support electric co-ops deploying broadband.